What is up, SOS peeps? Welcome back to Shades of Strong, where Natty and I talk about all the things that shape making sometimes break the strong black woman. Natty, what is up? What is happening? How are all the things? Hey, I'm doing all right. I'm happy to say. So happy to hear that. Listen, y'all, Natty and I are happy to be back for the second half of season three and we got a lot of exciting things a lot of exciting topics that we're going to be talking about for the next however many episodes we got however many weeks because <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> girl neither I, I don't i don't remember either. <laughs> but today sure we exactly we are going to be chatting it up about the sexualization of black women and we are inviting you to join the conversation on your favorite social media platform. So if you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, any of those. We are Shades of Strong everywhere. And if you happen to comment or tweet something, use the hashtag Shades of Strong. So yeah, and also guys, don't forget that we are dropping our very first episode of Black from the Past on Friday. Just in case you missed it, Black from the Past is our new series where we are going to be shining a light on Black women who are often forgotten but have made a significant contribution to the Black female culture, either directly or indirectly. And as we mentioned in our bonus episode on last week, if there's someone in your family or someone in general that you'd like to see us highlight, please shoot us an email at hi at Shades of Strong and we will do our best to make it happen. And just for the record, the very first one is amazing. Like for real, for real. Trust you do not want to miss it. So yeah, anyway, let's get into today's topic, the sexualization of the black woman. Mm. Oh fun, mm-hmm. fun, 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 fun. Mm. So, Natty, what you know about that? <laughs> oh, dear. That is, it's quite a loaded topic, isn't it? Because I remember when when I was small, there were things that would be said about certain girls. And these are these are children. You know, looking back, you don't really think about it. I didn't think about it. But looking back now, I'm like, these are children. But especially, you know, growing up in Atlanta, it's hot in the summertime. Right. I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. And we're wearing our little shorts and our little tank tops. We didn't used to call them tank tops back then. It wasn't, I don't remember what we called them, but little sh- short sleeve shirts and little shorts. And because it's hot and little sandals, just anything to not, just kind of be cooler. And we're, we're children. We're children. but. It's like, you know, we're not doing anything out of the ordinary. Just being. But I remember just being, just being, just playing, just doing things and playing our little hand games, playing our little jump rope or double dash games, all that kind of stuff. And I just remember some girls being, I don't want to say targeted or anything like that, but just sometimes it's like, oh, well, she's fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I didn't know at first what that meant because how would I, 
but then, you know, as time goes on, you get a, bit, a little bit older, you're like nine, 10, whatever. You start to have an inclination of like what fast is. And me being the type of child that I was, I just, I just knew I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be considered fast. And there was absolutely nothing that you had to do to be considered that way. Now that I'm older and I realize we just weren't going to be seen as pure because we're children or innocent because we're children. Um, black children. As black children. I, I remember, you know, there, there are older boys and, you know, they're teenagers. They're also children, but they seem so big when you're six, seven, eight years old. But they're 13, 14, and they're still they're kids. But they're looking at all kinds of girls, and sometimes they're looking at little girls too. And mm-hmm. it was never, uh, I don't remember feeling like boys were being taught or guided or reprimanded in any way if a little girl was being looked at by an older boy mm-hmm. or maybe even a boy that was only one or two years older, it was always, oh, well, that little girl is fast. Right. Yeah, it starts super, super, it super early. Super, super early. Super early. And the thing that prompted this conversation was a photo that I saw floating around on social media. It's been It's been a few weeks since I saw the photo, but I sent it to Natalie and I was like, Natty, we have to have a conversation about this. And this, and this photo was a picture of a black woman who had on some, some short shorts and maybe like a crop top kind of, kind of thing. And, you know, she's, she's well built, looks like she works out. And so on this picture, given the climate of the country, there's this white man that I'm assuming somebody well, no, it looks like he's standing and he, he was standing when she took, he was in the area when she took the picture. So he's included in the photo. But anyway, someone captioned it or turned it into a meme that said, hi, he's a white man, an older white man. Hi, I'm Joe. Hi, Joe. This is Bob. I don't want to be racist anymore. And so for me, that was implying that, ooh, look at this black, sexy chocolate, like, you know, you know yeah. what? I used to be racist, but now that I see all of this, I don't yeah. want to be racist anymore. And as a black woman, I took offense to it because this woman was simply like when she posted this picture on her IG, she was simply praising the beauty of black women and, you know, just in general praising them. And then somebody took this picture and decided, OK, let me sexualize it. And they probably didn't even think that that's what they were doing, but that's what happened. And it was a black man that shared the photo. And I was just like, how did one simple thing, one, one beautiful picture of a beautiful black woman turn into being sexually objectified? I was offended by it. And so, you know how I do when I get offended and mad about stuff, I hit my friend up and say, look, (laughs) we need to have a conversation about this. So that is how all of that came to be. And and I think it's very important for us to have this conversation because like Natty was saying, 
it starts even as children because I can remember one of my favorite outfits as a child. I had this this red and white halter, short halter outfit, and it was so cute. And I thought I just looked absolutely adorable in it. Mm-hmm. But even as a child, I was uncomfortable just being outside because it was short and it did show parts of my body that aren't air quotes safe to show in a particular neighborhood that we were living in. When I was thinking about this topic, I was like, where did this even come from? Now, I want to say number one, in my opinion, is that it started back in slavery. Mm -hmm. I always go back there. I know I do. But I think it did start back in slavery. A lot of this stuff has its roots in it. A lot Girl, of so no. stuff has its roots. I don't slavery. think you're wrong. Because <laughs> when you think about the, the, the portrait of the, the Jezebel, mm-hmm. what, what was that like? It was an overly sexualized image of a Black woman. And I think yep. media then in turn began to pick on that. Because if you think about some of the roles that Black women have played, in mainstream media, let's just be real. What do you typically see? That's what you typically see. You, yeah, you know, the hoochie mamas and the, the hoochie mamas. Everything, like every wow, yeah. That's like yeah, I mean, like really think about. Let's it. Let's just be typecast. That's what we. That's what we're. That's what exactly. we're going to be portrayed as, and it's never. It's always super one dimensional, like we've been talking for, you know, all this time now. Like it's like these women don't have feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. They aren't fully human. They're mm-hmm. just, they're like props in some of these shows and movies. And yeah, when you, when you don't really see someone as, as human, it's real easy to ju- just kind of paint a very one dimensional mm-hmm. portrait of them. And it's like, Oh, that's it. You know, might as well be a blow up doll or something. Mm-hmm. And I think it, 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 what you just said, when you don't see women as human or people as human, like even over-sexualizing a Black woman is dehumanizing her. Yes. It's saying yes. that her life in its wholeness and its, in its totality doesn't matter. What matters right now is how I'm seeing her and maybe mm-hmm. perhaps lusting after her. Lusting and so after her, I yeah. think that it's learned behavior and it's behavior that we as a culture have to unlearn. And when I say we, I mean specifically men, because who the, the guy who, show, who shared this photo, Natty, he probably didn't even give it a second thought. He just shared the photo because he thought it was funny. And to some people, yeah. it probably was funny. It probably was. <laughs> it wasn't, but like, I, I did not see the humor in it at all. I was totally offended by it. Yeah, that had, that leaves a really bad taste in my mouth too, because the whole meme was about, hey, Bob, it's Joe. Just like I don't want to be racist anymore, and so I'm like, so the fact that a black man is sharing this meme—that part, Natty—that's um, the part I'm trying to get to. That's a trip because mm-hmm. you're me. You mean to tell me that the only way you can work toward being anti-racist and actually seeing another black person, namely a black woman as a full human being, just as human as you are. Mm -hmm. The only way you can do that is if you see her as some sexual object to be lusted after or conquered, not as someone with, with agency and value conquered. Conquered. Yeah. That's yeah. 
you know? And so I'm like, okay, that's already a problem. Mm-hmm. But you as a black man, you don't see how that's a problem. You, you just think it's it's okay. giggles. Because you also don't see her as fully human. You also see her as something to be sexualized and lusted after and, and conquered and owned and, and, and seen and treated as property and, and all and possibly abused and all of that stuff. You don't see her as deserving respect. Absolutely. I, I that's agree. troublesome. That's that is very troublesome. And that's why we have to be more aware of what we are sharing on social media, because there are so many underlying messages in what we share. Black men sharing that is giving white men permission mm-hmm. to sexualize black women. Yeah. And yeah. when we share that stuff, we're saying, you know what, it's okay. And so when they mm-hmm. begin, when they begin to do that, it's, it starts with lust. And then before you know it, it's like you just said, this is something that I need to conquer. And they start working on that. And then that is what contributes to rape culture. Exactly. That's exactly that is right. what contributes to rape culture because a black. Wow. Woman, yes, that's that, so right. It contributes. A black woman needs to be able to. First of all, black women need to be protected because a black man sharing that it just aligns right with the fact that black women are the least protected women in America because he, a black man right. of all right. people of all could people. have shared that meme, a black man should not have been one of the people sharing it. Exactly. Absolutely exactly. should not have been one because you're so it's a giant black- problem on two levels, you know. Um, Yes, honey. Yes. Black women need to be able to be who they are, wear what they want to wear. Yeah. Without yeah. people saying she's inviting some mm-hmm. unwanted advance. Because that's not what's happening. I I just want to look look nice today. It doesn't right. mean it doesn't mean that I want to hear you cat calling me. It doesn't mean that no. I want your gaze it doesn't mean any of that this is what i chose to wear today this is what i felt like wearing so this is what i put on and we have to get to a point where we are more conscious and more aware of the things that we're sharing on social media and the things that we're liking and commenting on because all of these things send a message to everyone yeah to everyone we got we got to do better with that so for our black men i think it's time for for them to stand up and protect black women the way they need to be protected. And I'm not, most of the time when we hear the word protect, we think protecting them from some type of domestic violence or any type of, of physically violent act. But what about this? Just defending someone, you know? What about this? Does she not need to be, be protected from, from sexualization? Yeah. She needs, we need to be protected. And not to mention that the emotional and mental toll that that takes on the black woman. Can we just talk about that? Seriously, the, the way that it plays into our self-esteem, the way oh, it yeah. plays into how we love our bodies or not love our bodies. Or not love them, right. You know, right. because we're, te- because even in, you know, because just like you were saying as a child, now I'm uncomfortable in my skin. Because right. someone looked at me at a way that made me feel uncomfortable. Right. And so now I got to carry that into a duck. It's really, it's really disheartening because 
that's, you know, we're saying, you know, it, it, it can contributes to rape culture and all that. And mm-hmm. yes, it does. But it's also contributed to us feeling like we're alone, like we're all we've got because no one, no one ever defends us. Something like that happens or something like that is said or shown and no one stands up and says anything about, oh, you know, that's really not funny. That's really not cool. No one does that. And when, if and when someone does, this is what I've seen lately. Mm-hmm. If and when someone does online, they're called a simp. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely troubling. I think that also can contribute to the mental health issues that so many of us face. Mm-hmm. Because going day to day feeling like you're truly alone, that just weighs on you. It really weighs on you heavily. I think about Megan, Megan uh, the Stallion, and how this is a woman who's lost her mother. I don't know about her father, but she's lost her mother within you know, the last year. She's a college student, or maybe she's graduated by now. And she's been really, you know, because she, she's young. She's in her 20s. So she's been, you know, like we say, grinding, you know, for many years now to, to get her name out there. And she's done it in many ways on her own terms. Like, this is what I want to rap about. And like what we're talking about, like, oh, well, I have a nice body. I know I have a nice body. And you know what? I'm going to be proud of it. And that's how that's going to be part of my you know, the the way we say now, part of my brand. And she has every right to do that. And she should be able to do that. But then the downside, of course, is when something happens and she's abused in what, like she was within the last couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. she was literally shot twice. No one defends her. No one defends her. And all they did, all people did was make jokes. You know, from what I, what little bit I saw and think, you know, thankfully I didn't see too much because I, I just managed I to not see it. I did see where, where 50 Cent had made a little joke about it. Oh God, people making jokes about a black woman being shot. No one calling Tory Lanez to task for shooting her. No one defending her. No one. And then I even saw a couple of things, and these are black men saying stuff like this, right? So I saw people saying stuff like, well, we don't, we don't know the full story. We don't know the full context. We don't know what she did. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you're telling me we don't know what she did to get shot twice, to get shot in both feet in a vehicle by a man. So you think that there's some instance in which any woman, any woman, but namely a black woman deserves to get shot. You know who, what you sound like right now? You sound like white people. Right. Well, we don't know what the guy did to make the cops shoot him. And there are two sides and we don't know the full context and we don't know what the cop, what, you know, the cops were afraid for their life. And so he didn't, yeah, he didn't have a weapon, but he was resisting arrest. If he had just done this, if he had just done that, then he wouldn't have been. That's exactly how you sound. And all the while that you're saying this kind of crap, here's this woman who's been injured, injured, and no one has come to her defense. It. It's enough, you know, I think about the Jane, one of the many 
great James Baldwin quotes, and I'm going to totally paraphrase this because as I'm thinking about it, I can't quote it verbatim, but he says something along the lines of like to be black and living in America and to be even partially sane, to even have some of your right mind is to live in a state of constant rage. This is the kind of shit that I see that would make me feel like raging because I'm like, no one, like no one is going to defend this young woman, this young 25, 26, I don't know, she's in her 20s, 20 something year old woman who's out here in the world on her own. She's, you know, she doesn't have her, her mom anymore. And who knows like how much of her family she has around her right now, because we're living in a time of COVID and who knows where she's been. And she's been quarantining by herself maybe. And I don't know, I don't know all the circumstances. And yeah, she's, She's a celebrity now, so she has more resources and more money. So maybe she hasn't had to quarantine by herself. Maybe she has had family around her. I don't know all the circumstances. I don't, you know, I don't know all the details around that. But all I know is based on what I've seen online. Nobody protected her. Nobody protected her. Nobody defended her. All they did was if they were going to defend anybody, they were going to defend the man that shot her. Mm-hmm. And if they weren't going to do that, they were going to make jokes. And yeah, it's, 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 like, it's what, enough what to make me vomit. What did she mm-hmm. do? What did she do to be treated like to, to, to get shot? Yes. yes. What did she not? Not what did he do? What did she mm-hmm. do? Because I didn't see him shot. Did you see him shot? No, no, I didn't see did him shot. Hear, did you see? Did you hear anything no. where he may have been physically attacked? No, I didn't hear any of that. Did you hear nothing no, about maybe, her physically attacking I him? It, but I didn't hear no, I might have missed it too, but I, I didn't hear anything I didn't hear like any that. Of that. But and I guarantee you, and I could be wrong. But people did not come to her rescue because of the genre of music, because she's mm-hmm. Miss Hot Girl Summer. Mm-hmm. That's why people didn't come to her rescue, because they immediately, their minds immediately went to what did she do to deserve mm-hmm. to be treated that way? It's the same thing. Like I just said, it contributes to rape culture, because mm-hmm. when a woman gets raped or sexually assaulted, the first thing people want to know is what was she is what did they do? What was she wearing? Uh-huh. What was she wearing? Where was she? What did she mm-hmm. say? Did she leave him on? Rather than mm-hmm. questioning the perpetrator, they immediately right. start victim blaming. Yeah, but it goes back to what we're we're saying about even as young girls, we're getting called fast. And when a little girl gets labeled as fast, it's like whatever happens to her, she, it. she had it coming. Yeah, she you know, brought that on herself. If her mama so, wouldn't have her all up in men's faces, mm-hmm. you know, doing this and doing that. Then she wouldn't get molested. I'm like, are you back. serious? Yeah, you're absolutely But right. that's the way it works when you when you sexualize young women and, and, and little girls. And that's why we as a people have to do some unlearning. Because we need yeah, to we stop do. saying that to our little girls. We need yeah, to stop oh telling God. them that if you didn't do this, 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 and this, because then they grow up with that once of God forbid something, some horrible act happens to them. And then what are they doing? They are now blaming themselves. Blaming themselves. They're blaming themselves because somebody decided that, you know what? This right here, I want this. And they go after it and they conquer it. And now this girl is left with all these issues. That she that she has to grow up with. She ha- she has to deal with the fact that someone has, God forbid, assaulted her or violated her in in some way or another. And then she has to live with that for the rest of her life. She's got to live with self esteem issues. 
She got to live with body images, body image issues, yeah. all of that stuff. All of it. All, all of all it. All of that stuff. We we got to do better. We got to start protecting our black girls as youth so that they know that they matter. We walk around here and right. we talk about black lives matter. Yeah, they do. Let's prove that they do by protecting our black children, by protecting mm-hmm. our black girls. Let's do that. And I'm and please do not get I am not throwing shade at Black Lives Matter because I love Black Lives Black Lives. That's not what I'm saying. No, I know I, I totally understand what you're saying. I'm saying yeah. let's protect the totality of black lives. And I mean all of them. And that mm-hmm. starts at at birth, honestly. Yeah. It starts then. Black as black men. We they have to do a better job of protecting black women. And for those who don't think black women need protecting, saying if she didn't do this and she didn't do that, or or she if she wasn't so vocal and, and all of that, mm-hmm. I don't care what she does, what she does not do, she deserves to be protected. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. End of story is End not story. a story. She deserves to be protected. So we as a culture have to we have some unlearning to do we have some we really do gotta stop blaming our girls for things that happen to them it's it's not our fault it's not our fault that's that somebody lusted after us that it's not our fault that the media portrays us in in these roles that they portray us in but you know what i would love to see happen natty I would love to see more black actresses saying no to those type of roles. Like if that's all you have for me, then I don't want to play that because all money ain't good money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have to get to a point where we have enough respect for ourselves to say, no, I'm not going to perpetuate the sexualization of black. And yeah. And it's interesting that you that you say that because we talk about respecting ourselves and all of that. And that's a journey in and of itself, right? And why has it had to be such a journey? Why does it feel like it's had to be like like Frodo and Samwise Ganji taking that darn ring back to Mordor? Why had why has it felt like that? <laughs> it, it's felt like that because we were never protected. Usually when kids are nurtured and protected and and defended and they know that they matter, they're going to grow up with at least a small measure of understanding that they're worthy of respect. And when we don't grow up with that, when we aren't nurtured, when we aren't allowed to even feel the things that we feel Mm -hmm. and we have no one to talk to about what's making us sad or what's making us angry or what what's got us feeling disappointed or fearful, then yeah, we become adults that might take something that is beneath us or something that is less than what we deserve because yeah, we, we don't know what we're worth. You know, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And, and again, that, that goes back to un- unlearning and retraining. Like as parents, I know that we do the best we can 
Right. We do the best we can with what we got. Yeah, we do. We do the best we can with the information and the stuff. But I feel like our, we are in a time now where we know that things need to be done differently. Just just by simply seeing how the media portrays us. I think continuing to have these type of conversations that is bringing awareness to people. So when you hear it and when you see it, don't just hear it and see it. Do something about it. When you see yeah. somebody sharing some some horrible meme of, of a black woman disgracing her, speak up. Get yeah. in the comment section and say, hey, let's not do that to our black women. Don't be afraid to speak up and say that. We need to do that. We need yeah, you're going to have to definitely not be afraid because they're yeah, definitely going to come for you, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, they're definitely going to come for you. They, they're they going to be like, oh, can't you just take a joke? And I'm going to be like, what's funny about it? What's fun? It's like that. that's the thing that trips me out when people are like, oh, I'm just joking or it's just a joke or you need to get a sense of humor. You can't take a joke. I'm like, right, dude, where's the humor? One of us is is dumb because a joke is supposed to be funny. And right. what you just did wasn't funny. What you just said wasn't funny. And the fact that it was funny to you wasn't funny to me might indicate that there might be something wrong with your sense of humor. Not that I might not have one. That's not because some stuff just don't need to be mocked. Some stuff just don't need to be said. Some stuff really just is in poor taste. And if you think it's just all right, then that just means you have poor taste. And that's not okay. It's not okay. It is like do better. Get your life together. I'm never going to be okay with that. I am not mean, me neither. I can remember when my children were younger and these, the cell phones, you know, they, they were fairly new, not the cell phones, but the, you know, when they had the cameras and stuff on them, when they start first Mm -hmm. putting cameras on the phone. And I remember my daughter had taken a picture of a lady who was standing in line at Winkdee. And, you know, and then she, and then she said something that, you know, was, not nice about it you know and i told her you don't do that like people have a right to be where they are yeah to exist yeah doing whatever they're doing without somebody posting it on on social media as a joke as as fodder for jokes you just don't do that and so that was a that was a learning like she was young you know, but that was a learning experience for her. And I've never been a fan of people doing that, taking pictures of people out in public when maybe they're not looking their best or just don't do that. We we have to respect people's right yeah. to just be. We we have to. We have to do that. And would you want somebody to do that to you? Would no, you? absolutely. But let me not. tell you one one thing I did think about with that picture too, Natalie. Had there been a man that maybe looked a little air quote sexy? Would it have got? Would it have gotten the same reaction that 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 black lady's picture got? I don't know. I think there is a possibility. And this, I'm glad you brought this up because this is something that we should we should discuss. Because I feel like there's a possibility that it could have gotten a similar reaction amongst mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. And there's something. I mean. There's something weird about that. You see it on Twitter and things, and sometimes it's like, you know, those are these younger actors that are 
that are very handsome and all of this. And you see the comments that some women will even make too. And then it's just like, and some of them are older women. And it's like, wait, that's still really weird. That's still really like you're, you're really just turning around and doing the same thing that we've talked about as being a bad thing. You're sexualizing this young man. Exactly. And I think societally we don't see it that way or even if we do see it that way we don't think it's as big a deal or something um and we see it with you know because we're talking about young black girls not being protected but in many many ways young black boys aren't protected either you're absolutely right but the way that lack of protection looks for them a lot of times is they're seen as not fast but as Hey, you're getting older. Let's get you like having sex as soon as possible, or whatever. Like we've seen some like rappers. Like I'm thinking about DMX. Like when apparently when he had the the versus battle with Snoop, he made a, a statement about like how he was a he was abused. He was molested as a child, and it broke my heart. But I was also so glad that he would say that and name it for what it really is. It's abuse because there've been other rappers that have said things like the same thing happened to them, like an older woman having sex with them or an older woman performing oral sex on them and they're a teenager. And it's like, yep, that, you know, yeah, that happened. Made me a man. And I was, and it's like, wait a minute. No, no, no. You, that woman, (laughs) That was abuse. Did something that's abuse. That's yeah. a predator. And yeah. then you hear that the reason why the woman's even there is because she's been brought in by some older men in that young man in that young so boy's life. You're pimping him out now. So you're pimping him out so that he can and it's 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 weird and it's not good at all. And in that way, we don't protect young black boys exactly. and then if those black boys have gone through something like that and they've gone through it as children how can we expect them to look at young black girls and not sexualize and there them too it is. there it is there it is so it all starts in childhood how are you yeah. rearing your son are you rearing yeah. your son to respect Black girls and Black women. How are you raising them? What messages are you giving him? Because if you're not doing it the right way, then all of that goes with him into manhood. And so, and what a vicious cycle. We've got to do better. I got to, I mean, just, I mean, mad props to DMX for actually calling the thing the thing call a thing because i know that for black men especially that is not a simple thing to do that is not easy to do because it also means that in order to name that thing and call it what it is you're acknowledging that someone victimized you and black men don't want to do that you're also acknowledging there's so so, yeah there's a lot of shame attached to it even though what happened to you isn't your fault but there's still all the shame and then they're also not used to they don't want to have to you know naming that thing and calling it what it is can also mean acknowledging 
that emotionally they've been wounded. And black women, I mean, black men, black people in general don't like to admit when they've been emotionally wounded. They don't like to admit that, hey, I might need to talk to somebody. You don't need to talk to no, you know, we, we have this thing against, you know, emotional healing because, well, if you've got to do, if you've got to do any emotional healing, that means you're weak. You're not strong. And that it's just another chink in this whole armor of why it's so important to be strong because if you're strong then you you're not going to get emotionally wounded and you can just deal with it on your own and where has that gotten us honestly high blood pressure okay mental health issues diabetes mm-hmm. heart failure all the things because all of it want to process an emotion no we don't want to do it and because we don't want to admit that something like that has happened to us um, because somehow it means that we weren't strong. And again, it's like, we've got to be, we've got to be made of steel to deal, you know, to, to live. And we're not made of steel. We're human freaking beings. We're flesh and blood and, and, and things go wrong. And we're going to have feelings about that. And we have to get to where a, it's okay for us to feel what we feel and B it's okay for us to begin to process it whether it's through talking to someone and all that stuff for men and women. Yeah. It goes for men and women. It's okay to feel, feel the feels. It's okay to seek support outside of family and friends. It's okay. Therapy. That's what I mean. It's okay to do. Yeah. It's okay to do all of that. So I really commend him for saying what he said and calling it what it was, because that means, Hey, first of all, I'm acknowledging that this is abuse and B I'm acknowledging that something happened to me that was not right. And it wounded me and it hurt me. And I'm admitting that I was hurt. That's, that's a huge, huge thing. And we need to get to a point where we all can do that as a community, you know, you absolutely as the black culture, we need to get Mm -hmm. to a place where we're okay. With doing that, it, we're okay with saying somebody hurt me. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I'm still dealing with the residual effects of it. You right. To get get to that place, even if that hurt happened in childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to be able have to get to a place where we're able to say that. So yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people will tell, will say, you know, well, you don't have to do that because that's in the past. The past is the past. Why bring up the past? It's like it's like, listen, yeah, the past is in the past, but it doesn't disappear if you don't really deal with what, you know, the things that you've gone through. The past actually isn't in the past. It's still with you. Like you said, diabetes and heart problems and, and mental health issues, that a lot of that could be residual effects from whatever happened in the past that never got dealt with. Absolutely. You are absolutely right. So yeah, we we got to get into the habit of of calling a thing a thing, even with you you know men like Natty just said you know men can be overly overly sexualized yeah. just like, like women can be, and so we need to be careful with that, ladies. If you see a a, a man's photo, you know, he, you know I know he looks nice, <laughs> but let's get into the habit of thinking before we comment, like, and share, and and just you know. Put yourself in that person's shoes and think, 
if this were me, how would I feel about it? And I know we're, we're so quick to do that when it comes to, to celebrities, you know, because we got our, our, our celebrity crushes and all that. But how would you feel if you were in that person's position and somebody was doing that to you? Right. You know, right. so just we, we just got to be more mindful about things like that. So, yeah, I, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. But I guess my question is, because we talked a little bit about the mental and emotional effects that the sexualization of black women can have. So I guess my question is because it's so ingrained in the American culture, because we talked about being starting from slavery. So since it's so ingrained in the American culture and the black culture, how can we begin to change the the narrative? Because it's like ingrained in our psyche. How can we begin to do that? Yeah. And that's a really good question. I think with stuff like this, you know, these last few months with everything that has been going on since George Floyd was murdered, all the things that have come out, there have been swirling comments and and things kind of thrown out there about especially like within like evangelical Christianity, which I'm no longer part of evangelical circles, mm-hmm. but it's, it's always like, Hey, it's a sin problem, not a skin problem. And, and, it, you know, we got to deal with individuals. It's always kind of like a, a thing where it's like, Oh, well, we need to, it's about individuals actions and not systemic issues. Right. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but no, it's also a, it's a systemic it's issue. A, it's a sin and a skin problem. It's, it's, yeah, it, you know, it's a skin problem. Yes, because you haven't dealt with your sin of all of these things over here, which leads to you looking at me and not seeing a full human being. Yeah, that's a problem. And that is a result of us swimming in this water that certain systems have put in place for us. And that's also a problem. But I think with something like what you just asked, I think that is where we can apply. I think that's where we can maybe not look on a macro level, but really go on a micro level Mm -hmm. and think more about individual to individual. Because it's funny how a lot of these things that we've discussed, the, the beginning of seeking a solution is always about doing whatever work we can to get to a place where we truly right. accept ourselves. Right. And then if we can accept ourselves, then we can like ourselves. And if we can like ourselves and we can love ourselves mm-hmm. and fully embrace ourselves, mm-hmm. warts and all, you know, I think that is the beginning, even with this, when we feel good about ourselves, like from, I'll use me in, as an example. If I can reflect on all the things that I that I'm that are hurting me and and making me not feel great, and I can acknowledge those things and I can do the work to move through those things so I can feel some healing, I can come to a place where I can accept myself and like myself and love myself better. So a thing that I've been saying a lot is as I love myself better, I love you better. You know, we're about loving, loving our neighbor as ourselves. We can't love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves. 
Um, so we see a lot of people out here doing all kinds of crap because they hate themselves. Because you can't possibly love me as your neighbor or see me as your neighbor even when you're doing stuff like that. That just tells me that you have a lot of internalized crap that you also need to dismantle. And who knows if you ever will. That's not my problem. That's yours. But I'm going to do my part to dismantle what's inside of me that needs to be dismantled. But yeah, then I can love you better. And when you're, I'm loving myself better and loving you better, I'm going to be able to affirm myself and you. I'm going to be able to stand up and advocate for myself. And I'm also going to be able to speak up and defend you. And when you and I are doing that work and we're able to speak up and defend each other and we're around other people in our circles and they're doing that same work because maybe they were influenced by us or whatever, that's how that grows outward. And we become communities that love and respect each other um, and affirm each other and speak up and defend each other. And, and, you know, not to be all doom and gloom, I'm not. I feel like in a lot of ways, that's what we're trying to do. Black women have especially been trying to do it. Always, 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 always. Mm-hmm. At, the, at, at the beginning of every movement, it's a black woman, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh my God, it's not, <laughs> you know? So we're always trying to do this. It's like, so for real, for real, for the love of God, you see me trying to do this for myself and for you. Can you at least stand next to me and lock arms with me yes. and do this for me too? Yes. Can I can, can I get some reciprocation yes. at some point? That'd be yes. great. Reciprocity, brothers <laughs> and sisters. Reciprocity. And I'm saying that to, to white people. I'm saying that to black men. Yeah. You know, it's just like, dude, really? I agree. I I'm not here like laying down on the ground and allowing my back to be somebody else's bridge for you. Can you do that for me too? Yeah. Yeah, she said that. (laughs) (laughs) She said that. And on that note, this is what I heard Natalyn say. She has said, you can only love others to the capacity at which you're able to love yourself. And then she has said, Speak up, no, yeah, love yourself, speak up, advocate. There you go. And don't just advocate for yourself, advocate for others. And when you see me advocating for you, advocate for me. Advocate for me. That's what she said. There you go. If I'm going to have your back and my back, that's a lot of work. So, yeah, I'm always going to have my own back, but sometimes I'm going to have your back too. So I'm going to need you to step up and also have my back. But I I recognize that you'll never be able to do that if you haven't done even if you haven't even started to at least do the reading, much less the work on getting to where you can love yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. So yeah, on that note, we're gonna go ahead and get on out of here because <laughs> on just that note, shut it on down. So yeah, <laughs> y'all, let's do some unlearning, retraining, yeah. reteaching, yeah. speaking up. First of all, loving ourselves, speaking up, and advocating. Let's do all the things so that we can begin to change the narrative of not just the black culture. American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. All right. This has been Shades of Strong. <laughs> this has been a presentation <laughs> of Shades. <laughs> and we are out of here. But seriously, though, please, y'all, do the work. <laughs> and just a friendly reminder we will be dropping another episode a mini episode on friday of our first episode of black from the fat black from the past and follow us on all social media platforms we are shades of strong everywhere tweet us all of that goodness and yeah we out of here we will see you guys we're right back here one day yeah we'll be back <laughs> <What>? <laughs> bye all right bye